All right, guys, before we get started, I've had a lot of people ask me over the last six months or so uh, about what was that company that you named about shipping your clubs uh, over to Scotland or wherever I've been? Uh, that company is Luggage Forward. Again, you can find out more information about them at www.luggageforward.com slash no laying up. Uh, you might be familiar with other companies that will ship your clubs, but I can promise you Luggage Forward, they've, they've done this since 2005. They have 12 years of experience in the business, and they are going the only ones that offer a full money-back guarantee if your clubs don't arrive on time. And they will pay you up to $500 if for some reason your clubs don't uh, arrive on time. And on top of that, they are a cost leader for shipping to places like Scotland, Ireland, Australia. They ship to over 200 countries worldwide. I'm not even positive that there are 200 countries worldwide. But uh, our listeners can use the promo code NOLAYINGUP uh, for a discount on your shipment. Uh, and again, they'll ship any kind of product, skis, any, any, any equipment that you have, they will ship for you. Uh, avoid baggage fees, avoid the hassle of, you know, lugging your clubs through the airport. Uh, they will be at the golf course waiting for you when you do travel again, luggageforward.com slash no laying up. And before we get started, I'm actually going to make Tron do a little bit of work. Now that I'm full time, Sally's making me read ads. So here it goes. Travis Matthew Apparel is prepared to take you south of the border with their new Madano Beach Collection. You'll find polos, jackets, hats, and more, each one inspired by the beaches and lifestyle of Baja, California. John's wearing all of them right now. With fresh colors and designs, say adios to normal and hola to Madano Beach. Visit www.travismatthew.com to shop today. Let's go! Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast, episode two of the year, episode two of the Kill House. Uh, we're struggling with guests so far this year. It's the same guys. <laughs> we got nothing. It's Tron and DJ. Sorry, guys. Hey, sorry. That's all right. You this know? is overdue. Uh, we did want to debrief on our trip to Australia. Uh, we're trying to trying to time this up a bit with when the timing of when some of our video content is going to come out. So uh, we're a bit late on this one. I know the travel pods are not for everyone, um, but hopefully everyone tuning into this will uh, will enjoy hearing about our trip. But it's been a month. It's been a while. I mean, it's been a while. I honestly, it's been, it's I'm been gonna, more than a month. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna struggle to. Uh, this is gonna be good. It's gonna really be the the true lasting memories. Yeah, that's of Australia point. because that's really the only things that are left. I think at this point, is the things that really stuck with you after this long. Uh, what? Uh, who? Tell us a story about how this trip came together. I mean, you tell us a story about how this trip t- came together. I'm the this host. Was... I tell. I dictate what's going on. But here. you're the one that tried to came together. Story. You tell the story. Uh, I just said made it came together. Uh, so Solly or so Zach was playing in the Australian Open. Zach Blair. Zach Blair. ZB. Shout the, out ZB. Yeah, Rainer man. The, the big caca. Uh, and so he had been down there once prior, and then Solly was going down to Australia with his family, Australia, New Zealand, I believe, for family vacation over the holidays. So. Solly and Zach kind of made does a plan. Your, does your family to, listen to the podcast, by the way? I don't think they do. They don't really ever give me feedback. <laughs> they subscribe, it. but don't listen. <laughs> don't, that's all we need, as yeah. long as they click. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, listen. Uh, yeah, so they kind of came together. Zach and Solly were talking about it and said, hey, if anybody wants to tag along, we're like, shit. Let's all go. Let, yeah, let's try to 
make this into something. So, uh, so, so DJ and I talked and then floated it to Neil and Neil was like, shit, I'll go. So we all ended up going to Australia. And I think we mentioned on the last, the last podcast as well, but I mean, we've been talking about this idea of doing a travel series for a long time and, um, trying to find some, you know, kind of different locales to go to. So that, you know, I think a lot of the travel stuff ends up looking pretty similar and I just, I haven't seen very much uh, from Australia, so I think that was another big selling point was just let's go see what this is all about and bring some cameras and hopefully capture it. So uh, all that stuff is currently in the edit bay. We've, we found some... Uh, Deep in the process. We found some mercenaries to help us with some edits and uh, you know, should be coming soon. About 200 gigs worth of footage or a something like that? A shitload of footage. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, what were your guys' like main, main reasons for wanting to go all the way to Australia to play? Man, it's a good question. Um, I think Australia has just always been on my personal bucket list just for... It's just exotic. It's just fuck. exotic. That's, <laughs> that's the word I was... Yeah, I was trying to think of the right word to use. And it is. I mean, it's just... It's so far away. It's so... It seems so accessible, but also there's just... You don't hear that many people, you know, having gone there, especially now for golf trips. Um, and so, I don't know. It's just... It was kind of this, like, big beacon out on the horizon that, you know, I've always kind of wanted to do. And this seemed like the, like the perfect chance to do it. So, uh, that was the big one for me was just, let's just cross something off the list. Cause it's not like we went, I mean, Solly was down there for what seemed like three months, uh, <laughs> like three years. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we, we went down, we flew, we left on Friday after Thanksgiving and, uh, Neil and, Neil and I flew from Atlanta and then met Solly and DJ flying in from their respective locales from Jacksonville and Columbus and uh, out at LAX. And then we took off Friday and got there Sunday. Um, so we lost it's so weird like a whole day. Lose yeah. an entire day on the way there. Um, it just doesn't exist. And But then we flew back on Friday. So it's not like we were there for all that long either. Yeah. It was a long way to go for some golf, but man, was it worth it? It was so much golf and I'm sure we'll get into this, but I mean, it was, it was a lot in a short period of time. It was so much. It was the only way we could make it work. Totally. Though. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, of course, if we could have drawn, if we could have planned it better and you know, we could have made a dream trip. It was a dream trip, but we could have spread it out over more days. And yeah, not next gotten, time I spread it out over a month. Yeah. Not, not Seven gotten, rounds over a month. Yeah. We didn't get to play all the courses we wanted to. We did get to play a lot of really amazing golf courses but obviously we didn't get to cape wickham we didn't get to uh, king island at all and you know there's other courses the national and a lot of other places we would have loved to have seen but felt pretty great about the itinerary we set out uh shout out to zb for kind of helping orchestrate a lot of it we played in order we went to kingston heath victoria barnboogled uh, lost farm metropolitan and then royal melbourne uh west and east so and st andrew's beach and st yeah. andrew's beach i always forget yeah. about that that was forget about planned. the doquita that wasn't no. planned uh we landed on that, that sunday might have been in the top three courses that we played I thought. it really I could have loved it i loved it <laughs> um, massive fan yeah. we landed on that sunday we were kind of jet lagged but not really got some coffee and we're like what? the sun came out we we're like what should we do so we called up st andrew's beach and we got some long blacks got some long blacks yeah, yeah. we got steep in the melbourne coffee scene <laughs> Um, and it energized us, and we're like, we, we got a nice evening. We're in Australia. We might as well do something. So it was about an hour drive from, like, the sand belt area. So, like, everything else we just named, aside from Barnboogle and Lost Farm, is within a 15-minute drive of each other. So, like, we got an Airbnb, we set up shop, and we didn't really leave that area from that point. It's nuts how um, – I mean, I can't think of really another place in the world that's like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are, and, you know, people who are – 
more well-traveled than me, well, I'm sure we'll be able to name some, but... Oh, I mean, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it was just everything was... It, it all kind of felt... It was weird. It all kind of felt like it was on the same plot of land just because it was all so close, but all of them had felt so distinct Distinctly and different, different at the same time. Yeah. And it was, it was really cool to, to just see a place like that, that, you know, it, a lot of it felt like you were, you're basically in kind of suburban Melbourne. I mean, it's not flashy or, or all that interesting around there. It's a lot of it's pretty, strip yeah. malls and kind of normal stuff. And all of a sudden it was like being in Dublin, Ohio, yeah, or like totally. a suburb of New York or a suburb of LA. Like it didn't, but you, yeah, you turn off, you know, off these kind of main thoroughfares and there's world-class golf course that yeah. you pull into. It was, it was really cool how, how unique, uh, unique, but you know, closely bunched they were, I guess is the way to say. And it. everybody had their own, everybody down there had their own distinct opinion of, which ones were worth playing and which yeah. ones were their favorites where it wasn't like there was no consensus really as far as, I mean, I think there was a consensus on Royal Melbourne being kind of best of the bunch, but even then, you know, people like there's a kind of a Kingston Heath Royal Melbourne thing or nobody could quite agree on their list, which is, yeah, which is, which exactly. is fantastic. Yeah, totally. And I really, I enjoyed going, going back through emails that we had gotten before we left and gone back to see what people had said about it and seen rankings and, I'm like, how could you rank that last? But then when we tried to rank all our courses, like putting a picking a course that we played and putting it last, like was a sickening process. I think I put Victoria last, and I went back and got to second time play that for a second time. And loved it. I, I, I love that golf course. How could I possibly rank that last? Yeah, it's not fair. It's all relative. It's all yeah. relative. Yeah. So, um, all right, let's talk about uh, St Andrews Beach first of all. Um, it top com- billing on this podcast. Completely so. private uh, public golf course, which is. Uh, an exception, I guess, aside from Tasmania courses there, but was originally a Tom, is a Tom Doak design. Originally plan, uh, was a private course. The economic crisis came, and I think the course was even abandoned at one point. Um, there were supposed to be two courses. Supposed to be two. Yeah. Like Clayton's group was supposed to do the second course, and it never came to fruition. And uh, it was abandoned at one point. We went out there, and we were like the only people on the aside from the kangaroos. It was we, hard to get out there to begin with. We were calling the guy. It was very evident that the guy in the golf shop like didn't want us to come out. <laughs> we, were calling, we were so jacked up to go play. We had nothing to do. We're sitting in this like little pizza place in uh, St. <laughs> Kilda, and and drinking some coffees and some beers and some pizzas, and we're like, let's just go play now. Like we want to play golf. Little did we know, five days later, we'd be like, oh my god, we have to play more <laughs> golf. Me off well, golf also, course. I mean, it was very clear that if we would have just went and sat and watched tv somewhere we all would have crashed and yeah. been jet lagged for the rest of the trip and it was a disaster like we would have we would have had to stay up and so yeah we were trying to go play st andrew's beach called this guy a couple times and it was very like yeah no yeah no <laughs> not because they were busy there's a car park no, yeah there's a car park that locks and like oh cool can we like park somewhere else and walk no yeah no <laughs> unfortunately not uh, and so it's amazing that how much was like, he sounds like a stoner from the like <laughs> from Jacksonville from Jack's Beach, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah it was uh, you know so I tried calling and then Solly tried calling to like kind of mix up the voices to see if we got a different reaction and it, we did it it was the same uh, so we we're kind of like ah we're just gonna go anyways let's just do it and uh, cruised out there got nine holes. To, uh, I forget the guy's name, but to his credit, couldn't have been nicer once we arrived. More welcoming yeah. and, and uh, pumped to have us. But yeah, went out and played nine holes and it was great. It was a perfect way to start the trip. We saw some kangaroos or wallabies. We're not really sure. Uh, we're not really sure some which is which, but yeah. I think there were some roos. Mars- marsupials. No one else was there. They don't know that. I, th- I think they were kangaroos. <laughs> they, they were the biggest. 
I think we saw some wallabies elsewhere at Barnboogle. At Barnboogle, these were yeah, these were bigger. I think the flies were bigger than the kangaroos. The flies were uh, the flies were an issue. Harrowing. They're an issue. They're an issue. Like yeah. legitimately, the only bad thing I can say about golf in the sand belt was the flies. <laughs> and like I think Aussies are just kind of programmed to be able to to handle it, but I I it was mental. It's a challenge. They don't bite you they or don't. anything. They literally just they're they're just there to. Be a complete nuisance, complete and utter nuisance. Yeah, and but, you can't really put like spray on to defend yeah. yourself from them. And, no, they don't care. About and you don't that. want the wind to blow because the wind that blows is out of the desert. <laughs> like, the, like the wind started blowing one day, and they're like, "No, you don't want that wind to blow, man." That's and it was like 105 the next yeah, day. Yeah. We'll get to that. Was the yeah. massacre yeah, of Metro? Yeah. We'll oh. definitely get there. Um, but yeah, St Andrews Beach was was great. It was. Uh, I, I felt like you just hit all kinds of different shots. It was. God, the first two or three or four holes were probably some of the best we played on the trip. Like and the was, second hole was a short par four, and the bunkers were like they were already there. And Doke just Doke's crew just <laughs> took like a bulldozer just and just it, scraped yeah. one of the edges off, and it was boom. Oh, cool. There's bunkers. there's a bunker. It was yeah. an eight foot deep bunker. Yeah, and it was uh, it was wild. Like the the land movement and stuff was so much different than anything else we saw, and that makes sense because you know it was out, out away there. from the sand belt and kind of far. Often the Mornington Peninsula, the peninsula, the peninsula, the peninsula, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we got out there and yeah, it was just it was wild. Uh, that was a, a really cool way to to start for me. It was obvious. Uh, it's obvious. Doke is is super proud of that place too. Um, yeah. I, I remember I posted like a, an Instagram from it or something when we got back, like three weeks after we got back. And Doke was like the I don't even think he follows me. I, th- I must have tagged him in the post or something, and he. He was like the first person that commented on it, and he wrote up this whole little story about like, oh my god, I love that place so much. We could have, we could have built that place in six weeks if we didn't have to lay irrigation down. That was the only thing that slowed us down. The land was all done. We just had to put yeah. flags. It was just, it was awesome. It's really cool. If if somebody's going down there, it's just a cool place to like that one part four. Out. Was it four or five? Is that like the number little shoot number three i think was it was three? yeah right off the bat oh that was sick and it, was, and it had right like a punch saw, bowl thing yeah, and yeah. a shoot there and then yeah the kangaroos we saw off kangaroos the, the fourth hole of the trip and we're like, freaking out <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, i think it's a pretty nor- i didn't see kangaroos any like anywhere else down the great ocean road no, but, anywhere that oh, it was right. in australia i mean we saw the, i mean it makes sense on the other sand belt courses because it's like you're in the yeah, middle, in middle of the city yeah <laughs> yeah um, uh, but yeah that one was that was pretty far out there wish we got more than nine holes in there we, we actually might have driven out there we got out there a bit too quickly one one might say <laughs> so, yeah, luckily the australian police department uh, reined us in on that one so <laughs> they agreed they agreed no not till after the fact though That's yeah true. they let us have our fun first shout out to uh neil yeah. criminal neil we were we were specifically warned about the speed limits yeah. and less than an hour into the trip we got our first speed ticket so hubris yeah <laughs> i think we, we, we felt like we were playing on house money too because we were all spooked about the blue goo that they put on your shoes right, and your yeah. clubs. You, all right, so somebody lay out that whole yeah, so tell us that story. Some Australians who will remain nameless Maddie. Uh, here in, in Jacksonville said, you know, oh, man, make sure you bring new shoes because they will just wreck your stuff at customs and immigration down there because they're so paranoid about parasites and other varieties of grass and you know if you've been around livestock and that sort of thing they're so paranoid about that stuff coming into the country they just dip it all in this sanitization kind of blue goo 
and like it was like so like i i didn't bring i didn't bring my nice golf shoes we all spent hours like cleaning yeah. our spikes and cleaning the grooves of our clubs and all this stuff yeah. to try to avoid this and we got to customs and neil was i think like kind of um he was like begging i the think guy. he was pretty amped about it like he thought it would be good content for the content if if his shit got dunked in the in the blue goo and so he checked his box on like the customs card when he land he was like, yeah, I've been hanging out with cattle. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been stomping around with the cattle, and you should definitely check my shoes out. And we got to the customs guy, and he was kind of like, right, uh, you know, but you haven't, like, you've been good, right? Like, you haven't, like, touched anything. He's like, he's like, well, I don't know. He's like, yeah, but you haven't, like, touched anything, right? He's like, no. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. You guys are good to go. And so, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I think we got felt like we got away with one. We were maybe above yeah. the law. Playing with house money. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, got flagged for a speeding ticket right yeah. away. Too fast, too furious. <laughs> Australia edition. Um, all right. So after that, we, uh, we after that we tried Vegemite. That was before we even met up with Zach and yep. yeah, and Dan and Guido slash Thunder slash Nuclear, <laughs> Nuclear Dan. Dan. Um, what did you think of Vegemite? First uh, of all, what is Vegemite? I literally have no idea. <laughs> I it's don't. Like know. A, it's like a yeast extract or it, something. It's like way a, somebody described it. Uh, it's like the version. It's their like version the of stuff they dunk your shoes in at the airport, <laughs> basically. <laughs> It's, I don't know. It's like if you have tar, to try it, if you go to Australia, you have to try it. Like that's yeah. what Australians I mean, we kind of tried it so you don't have to, but yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it, was, it didn't uh, go well. I don't know. Like I was describing I it to somebody. Yeah. It's like if you're, it's like if your toothpaste was made out of soy sauce is kind of how I felt. And it's like, it just keeps, uh, it's oily, it's and, oily, but it's also gritty, but it's yeah. also, it's just crazy. Like, you know I, what? It, it was like really bad congealed fruit snacks mixed with tar and like molasses good stuff though really really well, i don't think it helps that the crackers or cookies or whatever we put it on were we, we tried to get some gross anyway. well we wanted to taste the vegemite we didn't want to taste the crackers little did we know we did not want anyways to taste the vegemite. yeah so uh piled in the airbnb and then we were off 7 30 the next morning at kingston heath before we get going on the remaining courses, I want to remind you guys that the new Mac Daddy 4 wedges from Callaway, they are setting a new standard in wedge performance featuring Callaway's new and proprietary groove-in-groove technology for shot-stopping spin around the greens. They've taken extensive feedback from the world's best players, and it's no surprise that the Mac Daddy 4s have already been a massive hit on tour. Sergio Garcia won with them last fall before he was before he was even under contract with Callaway. They're already in uh, Henrik Stenson's bag, Brandon Grace's bag, Daniel Berger, Xander Schauffele. Uh, go to CallawayGolf.com for photos, videos, podcasts, and specs. Uh, for more on the Mac Daddy 4 in stores January 26th, back to the pod. Uh, shout out to Simon Dick, who is a yeah. member there, who uh, helped us arrange a lot of our, our trip and was kind enough to host us and into, into two groups. and He uh, also introduced us to... The Party Panther. The legend that is the Party Panther. Um, you guys I, got to play with him that oh, first day. Illuminati figure. What a thrill. So he shows up on the first tee. He's got the, one of the better mustaches I've seen <laughs> in a long time. And uh, I think seven clubs in his bag. Yeah. He he explained playing with seven clubs, that, um, which makes a ton of sense after you think about it. He's like, you know. I think golf, you have to be a certain caliber of player. Golf, well, that's makes true. Sense. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. He's like, in golf, you know, there are decision errors and there are action errors. And more often than not, your decision errors are going to be much more prevalent than your action errors. And so what I do is I cut my club numbers in half to stop myself from making decision errors 
and just force myself to avoid the action errors, and it totally helps my game. This guy's like 23, isn't he? <laughs> like, he's like a savant. He's studying like landscape architecture. He's studying landscape architecture, but is also a... Uh, electronic dj and he's on a walkabout right now isn't he yeah he's he's making music for our tourist sauce se- uh, season but he said he's on a walkabout in western oz for three weeks so he's gonna have to get back to it this guy was on another level he was on another of, plane. like another plane of yeah. existence and kind of just reality yeah and he's uh yeah yeah i mean landscape architecture student uh slash dj is just not someone you run into very often <laughs> could not have been uh could not have been more thankful to run into him. And he was, I mean, knew he was a great tour guide. That was kind of a, a theme of the entire trip is the people we played with were fantastic tour guides of the courses that we played. Totally. Telling us, you know, oh, over here, down the left side here, it was gorse bushes until, yeah. or, or like gum trees up until five years ago. And then they realized that there were all these bunkers that Mackenzie well, so put the, in. There's like Kingston Heath at the, the par five 14, I think, or no, no, no like 12, 12, 12. Yeah. yeah. Down the head. And, down uh, the mountain. He, he said, yeah, it was all the, uh, Oh God, I forget the name of the, the name of the, it looks like gorse, but it's a little taller. Um, I forget what it's called, but it was all that up the left-hand side of this, this par five. And, the superintendent just, for whatever reason, went on a walk in there just to kind of see what he could find. And, uh, yeah, eventually found, like, he kind of tripped and fell into all these deep pits, which turned out to be original Mackenzie bunkers. And so they burned all that stuff out, and now it's, like, this badass bunkering up the left-hand side that was, you know, making sure that it plays as as intended. The craziest part, too, is Mackenzie was only in Melbourne for... Yeah, like two months. Like two months. 54 he, days or something. He, he transformed <laughs> golf in the entire yeah, area. That was yeah. one of like the most significant like takeaways. And just in talking to people in that area, too, is like, I know there's other good golf courses in Australia, but there's nothing like this collection, right? And there's like the effect that he had the on that density one density. Yeah. yeah. And like there's a lot of a lot of uninspiring designs across Australia. And the fact that his visit there, first of all, just the, like the logistics of putting that together kind of in the 1920s blows my mind. Like he probably sailed Went over from with steamship. Yeah, yeah. And like was all communicated by letter. Like, Hey, I'm coming to visit you guys. And like he came, so he came to Kingston Heath and walked the layout and said he had no recommendations aside from, uh, he changed the 15th hole from like this kind of blindish par four into what is now probably the best hole at Kingston Heath This par three. Uh, but aside from that, he had no recommendations to make other than the bunkering. And I think his bunkering, the fee that he charged to, for them to lay, out the, to lay out the bunkering was like 10 times what they paid the actual course designer or something like that. Well, that was the other thing. The courses, like, the courses were routed by basically the, the, the superintendent. Yeah, it was the like Sutars, Mark, I think. Yeah. And yeah. It, yeah, it was uh, – it's just – I don't know. That, that stuff is so crazy to me, the – you know, that – these relatively unheralded people go out and just knock out of the park these these incredible golf courses that just stand the test of time. It's well, it's not only like they're they're relevant in their region; they're relevant from a historical perspective yeah. too. So they're world class then, the world class now, and you know, and it's just it's crazy. Yeah, like I mean, it's just it's like kind of amateurs that are just predisposed to having a really freaking awesome skill. Yeah, and it's a great piece of property. It's pretty flat. Yeah. But that was well. That's what but I was there's say. this like subtle land movement. And there's kind of these two or three sand mounds that kind of run through the entirety of the property that, that everything's kind of built around. What's your uh, what's your one word? Describe Kingston Heath in one word. 
I would say nuanced. Mm, it's tough like one to that. follow. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say subtle, which is pretty similar. Yeah. But uh, oh, it's not. It's not one word, but like sum of all parts, kind of is the way I would describe it. Like it's not. It's not gonna like wow you in pictures. Comprehensive. Like, yeah. Com- there you go. Thank you. Um, so when the course was laid out, I, I think I read that it was originally a par eighty-two, yeah. and it was like sixty-five hundred yards, which in the nineteen twenties was insane. And the irony of, of it now is like that it's like too short. Like Mackenzie said, it was even par. Yeah. <laughs> Mackenzie said it, it was too long, um, but they, the like the superintendent disagreed, and they never they never shortened it. And now yeah, the irony is like they can't they can't they run out of spaces to put tee boxes in a lot of places. If we're going with with like multiple word descriptions, I would say it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, that's that's the thing, and. I think uh, Guido Dan was good at, at pointing out a lot of this stuff. Uh, Guido Dan was a buddy of CB's, caddied for him at the Australian Open and uh, joined us for the trip, but hits it a mile. Uh, hence Thunder Dan was also, and Nuclear Dan. <laughs> Got a lot of nicknames Not for nicknames. one week. Yeah, uh, but he, he was really good at pointing out a lot of stuff that I probably would have breezed past, just like a lot of the nuances in in a lot of the green complexes where, you know, where, you know 90% of other golf courses something would have been dead flat these people either found or manufactured you know these little rises and just these little subtle one foot runoffs that that just completely change you know if you miss something a yard short of the green it just completely changes they have purpose they all have purpose they're not by accident exactly And like the and I, and I talked with Clayton about like especially the, when you're playing the ground game so much when right. it's playing so firm and fast it's just awesome like the level at which like the Metropolitan book that they had like made a book of proposed changes the level of detail within that book like blew my I mean I knew golf course architecture was a lot more complicated than what I understood but like reading that like this little fairway mound that they're talking about that didn't even come into play but like the the purpose of it I was like what like yeah. I, I just didn't understand that level but so we were unfortunately not lucky enough to get. Kingston Heath in the proper condition. It wasn't poor condition, but like we had just come after a rainstorm and it was it was soft. Like it was yeah. not the court way the course is intended to play. You couldn't play it short and then run it off. Correct. Yeah. You I mean we were landing balls on green, yeah. spinning it, which which again at, Greens were, were pure though. They like, were amazing. Like they yeah. were they were, I thought they were the best greens we played of the trip. Just how smooth they were and yeah. everything. That's not a slight on any other courses. Well the so the last thing I want to mention about Kingston Heath was the membership. That was my favorite, just an aspirational vibe at that place was, you could tell, and I was talking to the Party Panther about it a little bit. I wish we could give give a member on the Party Panther, but I mean, he's, he prefers to remain anonymous. First of all, we have a member that's named the the Party Panther. Yeah, but that's what he said. That's the vibe. And who's 23 and who's just a student and yeah. And he, he explained, he's like, you know, they do a good job of making it affordable for young members. But they're also super selective on who those young members are, and it's not an exclusionary thing. It's just, it's just making sure that you're. There's, it's, it's an anti douchebaggery. It thing. is, and it's yeah, it's it's making sure that there's no pretension and there's no uh, stuffiness. And everybody that we met at, at Kingston Heath was just awesome. Yeah. That that was that was the place that stuck with me the most. Where I felt, man, I would love to the Tiger belong. Woods, uh, the Tiger Woods, yeah, sandwich. They had the Tiger Woods Club sandwich in the clubhouse, which apparently they. They changed the name, if I remember right. It used to be called the Tiger Woods Club Sandwich. No, they changed it back. And they changed it back after yeah. his uh, indiscretions. <laughs> uh, to, yeah. But anyways, um, the uh, you know let's let's move on to uh, Victoria. It was where we played in the afternoon. Well, I wanted I, I wanted the only like, about Kingston. I think uh, a, a critique I had, I guess you could say, was like 
I came in with just kind of really, really high expectations with it being like a top 20 rated course in the world. Uh, and it's like such an, it's kind of an unfair critique. Cause again, when I went back and like looked at how many really good holes and how we voted, we, we made a, like a composite list of the best hole, like best composite. number one, composite. best number two, uh, <laughs> like from the trip. And we came up with like five holes from Kingston Heath. But I, while I was playing it, I, I just didn't feel like I was playing like a top 20 course in the world. It's just, not, I don't know why I felt that. It's like not a not a not that fair of a criticism because I don't have like any critiques of it, but it didn't feel like that crazy. Maybe it, could, it can I be attributed to the conditioning. I think that speaks to the subtlety of it. Yeah, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's that's what I would take away from that feeling is that felt to me like a place where if you played it a hundred times, on the hundredth time you would notice something that you've never noticed before, right? And, and it just you just keep yeah. getting deeper and deeper into it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, like like it's not going to blow you away with wow yeah. factor, yeah. but like something you probably appreciate more over time. I yeah, thought the, like, I mean, 14, 15, 16, like those holes, after we played those, there was a few par threes on the front too that I'm just like, man, this is, this is sick. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think I liked Kingston Heath more than most. Thunder, Thunder Dan did as well. Um, and it seemed like it kind of grew in stature. And then you played it again. Yeah. You know, it was even softer it the second time, oh, unfortunately. God. But like again, I think it was we after got, the hundred year storm. Yeah, that, that was right? that was pretty brutal. But <laughs> when uh, we were leaving, they were, all the news reports and everything uh, were saying I like, breaking what, news. Yeah, I forget what they're saying. They're like, this is meteorologists are calling this a ten out of ten on the <laughs> recklessness scale. This storm yeah. that's coming, everybody needs to batten down the hatches. And we're like, shit. Like, I hope our like, we thought it was only flight. American media that really yeah, like, put man, the like, hype out. I hope our flight doesn't get canceled. And we like took off, and you know, we got Wi-Fi on the plane, or maybe the night when we landed, you know, twenty nine hours later, uh, texted Solly like, "Hey, man, everything okay? Did you survive?" Like, oh yeah, I went out and played golf in the afternoon. <laughs> it rained for like forty five minutes. Um, all right, let's move on from there to uh, to Victoria. So we were kind of debating whether or not we were actually going to go out and play Victoria because they sanded the greens the day we actually played it. Uh, I think I could speak for the group to say we were pretty thrilled that we did go out and play it. Ooh, yeah. hesitation. We were all, after the first, I mean, the first were... hole is is sweet. It's like this yeah. kind of a novelty, but it's a short so part four, yeah. 275, 280 yards. Even, it's, it's 238 like yards. Yeah. We, we, we argued yeah. about this. It's like essentially a, a long par three that looks like a par four, kind of, yeah. with a small green and gnarly front bunker. Just because it has like a little fairway car, carved yeah. out to the left. And, uh, downhill and downwind, yeah. 238 yards. Like, it's a fascinating hole. It's the perfect hole for us to argue about why par doesn't matter. Yeah. And we had some good debates. So then you play that, you're like, all right, this is cool. And then... I don't know, two, three, four. I just felt like I was playing the same hole over and over. It was just this stock par four with fairway bunkers and kind of straight away. Um, to me, I, I really didn't, it didn't click with me at Victoria until we got to 10. And then 10 was just like from, from, was from like 10 on, it was like, all right, this place is sweet. There's not a weak hole in that back nine. Like there's, there's really not. The back nine was kind of mind blowing actually. And that whole stretch, 10, I mean, I, I thought li- 17 was. 17 is the, nah. the par five is yeah. kind of one of the weak. It is the weak, definitely the weakest hole, but the only hole that out there that I, that I d- didn't love on that back nine. Like 14 was one of the best holes we played on the whole trip. The par three? No, the par 15. F- or 15. 15 drivable par, par, par four. four. Yeah. yeah. We like, played so many good drivable I mean, 14 par was sick on, too. On this trip. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. But so, like Victoria had more land movement than Kingston. It did. Especially far. in the back nine. It felt yeah. like you were. Yeah, I mean, that it was... almost felt like you were in San Francisco. Like in San Francisco, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe it was because of the, I don't know, maybe we, 
King, it was so different than Kingston Heath, I thought. And there's big ass cypress trees. And we played it the same day. That yeah. it's a little it, tighter. It was for tighter. sure. Um, it, it felt like I don't know. It was my least favorite that we played. I the guess. sun the, came out and it was it was it. and it got kind of hot and stuff. Um, I'm with you, DJ. It was probably my least favorite, but I would. It was one of the best courses great. I yeah. played this yeah, year sure. or last year. So. Totally agree. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of what made it my least favorite or what you know what I kind of left, what left me, whatever, feeling like it was lacking. I guess it was probably the, I mean, it was probably the first, you know, numbers two through five. I two, guess. three, and five are like almost the same. Yeah, it was day. just kind of blah. And it was, I think you know, we were kind of low energy jabbing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Second That's probably day true. Try, yeah. I mean, try not to let that dictate, you know, how, yeah. what you think about it. But I think a lot of it too was the other courses, even though they were in the middle of, um, in the middle of, you know, the, the suburbs, basically. Uh, it never felt like it, either because of the way it was landscaped or the way it was routed or, or whatever. This one, I think, like, it just kind of ran next to the road a lot. And you, like, if you hit one right, you could hit it in, like, the the tire shop. No speaking from experience. <laughs> like, uh, literally the tire shop. Yeah, and it was just kind of like, I was like, I don't know. This this just doesn't, well, doesn't and, blow and, me away. And, and the guys we played with were awesome. Yeah. But I think the overall welcome at the club was... A little stuffy, a dog. little lacking, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's and that and that seemed and I wouldn't say that unless it was more or less kind of the the stereotype of the club. Well, the guy we played around with the area works too. at Kingston Heat. Yeah, like, yeah, he was great. Yeah. And uh, the guy you guys played, Billy, yeah. also seemed like an awesome guy. Oh, he's the best. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of almost like and and Tron, I know you're uh, coming from the hospitality world, soon to lean leave the hospitality world, but. It was kind of like every question we had, you know, they were trying to think of a reason to say no is kind yeah. of the, the way I felt. I hope that, you know, doesn't feel unfair. I don't think the questions we were asking were super uh, difficult to accommodate. It was Whereas, just always like, oh, you guys are going out. Yeah. Everywhere else know, we went we'll was, like, we'll, yeah. was like, you're a member for a day yeah. kind of thing. And not that you're going to, you know, act like this is your own club, but you just, they kind of extended that warm welcome to you and... I don't know. For whatever reason, it was a little bit. It was like, yeah, can we take our beers out on the putting green and putt afterwards? And they were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just. It just seemed like a lot of. I don't know. It just wasn't my wasn't my vibe. So talk about the 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 putting the putting from eighteen. Oh, to, so so I, that was awesome. That's one of the yeah. coolest things we saw. There's so many. Like so again, I got to I got to play it twice, which this I enjoyed it even more the second time. But kind of got. I think that first day, I I thought it was. Not too tough, but it was tough. The wind was up, and it was just the, the fairways are not wide there, and it was a very demanding whole course off the tee. The second time, the winds were down a bit, and I could kind of respect the nuance more off the tee. And there were some really some bunkers came into play that weren't in play the first time, and I just really had an appreciation for kind of the way that I was deciding between clubs on every shot, which I thought in some whole, some courses on that we played on this trip, it was kind of pretty easy to reach for driver and not think about. Um, but then, yeah, you play this unbelievable back nine. You finish with this like par four and a half that comes over the hill, and it's pretty like a, like a seven iron into this par five. And but like but massive green, it's awesome, great finishing hole. And then you put you, like the surface is like, again a lot of these courses they, they just kind of roll fairway rolls right into the green. It's kind of indistinguishable, and then you can like essentially putt on the fairway. Well, you go off to the side of the green and you putt from the 18th green essentially to the putting green like up a hill it's probably 45 yards or so like you have to crush a putt but you just putt it up onto the putting green and then 
get it in any hole that you want in as few strokes as possible. And whoever takes the most strokes has to buy the beers. It was awesome. Like it's a great way to like wrap like a 19th hole kind of way to wrap up. And then you go up and have beers on the patio and everything. So, uh, but playing with playing with, I loved playing with Billy. Like he was, he's a pro and like a very competitive player. And to get to play with somebody that plays at that level on a course that he knows and like in a style, like the stingers that this guy was hitting, like on at one point he had an iron that clipped the grass in front of the tee and, and it went like 290. Like he just. It's like Sergio circa oh, it was 1999. Awesome. And he just had these, sh- these shots that he could just like hood a driver and just roll it over and it just ran forever. Like that was, that was just kind of cool to watch, like watch somebody that grew up playing this style of golf and see it like, just be like, all right, this is how you play this shot. I don't have a lot of those shots. So that was, that was really cool, but. What's uh what's the one word description on Vic? Oh, I would have prepared for this if you're going to ask all these. Well, that's the point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, something for me too is I played awful. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's I shot in the seventies at Kingston Heath, and I didn't even sniff you breaking didn't make a ninety after Kingston Heath. No, I didn't make a birdie on the entire <laughs> trip after Kingston Heath. We had a we had a patch. Uh, Zach brought a bunch of patches, like military patches. That he was giving out, basically like Boy Scout patches, if you accomplish certain things. And one was the, uh, if you got over an eight or higher, you got the pat, you got the eight patch, and Trot unfortunately earned the eight patch twice at, at Vic, if I, I remember correctly. Double, I had two TC Chens on the same <laughs> hole. Uh, all right, well, help me, help me. I, I like. I don't know how to put it in one word, but like I felt like that was one of the courses that had like one of the highest like shot values, like from tee to green, like the most emphasis on your ball striking. So, yeah, um, I don't know how you put that in one word, but demanding. that's, that's my, demanding. There you go. Yeah, I thought it was demanding. I would say it was it was tempestuous. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna act like I know what that means. I love it. Oh man, that's it's kind of it's got a little bit of attitude to yeah. it. It's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit stormy, a little bit frothy. Uh, I mean, I th- I thought it was um, overwrought. Just a little, yeah. it's a little too much. It was a little. It's just so it was a little pitchy, dog. It was a little pitchy for me. Yeah. All right. Um, all right and, and Zach, the entire day, was like, "Dude, this is fucking sick. Bro. <laughs> this is sick. Oh my god! You, like, you, this is this might be the best course I've ever played." <laughs> I'm like, granted, he says that everywhere you play ever, but. I think, he, like, I think during the round, we were like, man, like, DJ and I were just kind of looking at each other, and we're like, man, like, yeah, we don't, we don't really see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm usually with him, but uh, that one, I just, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it. I'm, all right, so here's what I, I want to be conscious of. I think if it got its own day, like, we would, you would have a different maybe, feeling. I really yeah, do think maybe so. Maybe I'm naive in how much that was affecting my review. Um, I don't think so, but maybe. Um, but, yeah, I want to be cognizant here of, uh, you know what you said. Uh, I'm curious. Let's go through from now on. And when you liked something, we should talk about what you shot. And when you didn't like something, <laughs> we should talk about what you shot. It's true. It's a very good point. <laughs> well, um, I mean, for the rest of the trip, I played like shit. So like, <laughs> and I liked other stuff in the rest of the trip. Okay, well, that's good. That's very big of you. Uh, next day was probably the day that we had circled the most. Uh, we had arranged to take a little plane from very little, plane. very like little the plane size of this kitchen table that we're from, recording at right from now. From Moraben Airport in Melbourne, um, Melbourne, sorry. Um, that's going to fly us to Tasmania uh, to play Barnboogle Dunes and Lost Farm. Uh, Tasmania about about an hour and a half flight from uh, from Melbourne. Which is about an hour longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was like a 
I think I think you just got shook when the distress call went out. Over How about the, that? All right. On so, the comms. Well, so we show up at six. We've you know scheduled so. Kind of adding up costs on how this was going to work, we could either fly commercial from Melbourne Airport to Tasmania, rent two cars essentially to get drive 90 minutes and get to the golf course. Uh, adding up those costs versus what it costs per person to just rent a plane, it was going to cost us like 75 to to $100 more or something to rent the plane. Plus time was of the essence. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's, it's it, yeah, irreplaceable times. So we were like, let's, let's rent a plane. And we did it, and I've never I've never flown private before. Like that was that was pretty wild. It's it's not as glamorous as probably you see on like. <laughs> well, tour I, I, yeah, I would say it wasn't, it wasn't the NetJets charter. I would say ch- I would, charter instead of private. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Very big distinction yeah. there. Yes, yes, that's it. that's a good difference. Um, we booked it for <laughs> six a.m. This was like a nineteen sixty-five like there was duct tape. Piper, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, so we show up at at the airport. Um, we won't say the name of the airline because I think they gave us some money back. But uh, the the pilot was extraordinarily late, um, so we're just sitting. But the, there not was no his booking. fault. There yeah. was no booking. Like they didn't confirm our booking. And oh right. We had paid. They had charged yeah. us, but they their their system was kind of getting changed over or something, and then our booking was not there. But we're so like, all right, if they charged us, then you <laughs> they, know they know we're coming, yeah. right? Um, so we're waiting for about two and a half hours on the runway. Just uh, Neil and I are playing spacky sack. Uh, it was a crisis. We could laugh about it now, but I was I was kind of freaking <laughs> it's all out. Stress. It's all, it was, it's all it was I was kind out. of in charge of this leg of the trip, and uh, uh, yeah, but it, you know it worked out fine. And so we ended up getting a pilot. Nick the stick uh, shows up, great guy. Meanwhile, Zach's like, all right, all right, we're gonna go back and we're gonna play Victoria again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so we take off, and, and what's so, uh, what's Nick think of golf? Yeah, Nick we asked stick. we uh, we asked Nick. We get started. You know, it's six of you know hardcore golf fans flying to this super remote golf resort We're like nick you know you like golf no i actually quite dislike golf <laughs> I'm like oh all right did all nick right. work at uh st andrew's beach as well he worked the pro shop <laughs> he did yeah he, he kind of moonlit as a okay. as a charter pilot um that's why he was late i think he couldn't speed getting there uh so we showed up and you know we're, we're taking off and and you know we need it's like a, an eight person plane i guess uh, and so we need someone to sit in kind of like the co-pilot seat, I guess. Um, which by the way, there's only one pilot. So like if he has a heart attack, like we're done, yeah. just toast, toast. Um, so I, cause I'm sitting in the co-pilot seat and we're, we're cruising and I got the headset. I'm dialed into the comms. I've seen like air force one or yeah. executive decision. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, a, like when was this plane built? This seems like very, uh, very old. He's like, Oh, this one's probably probably mid 70s i'm like oh god he's like no they're very well maintained i'm like okay all right well that's cool which actually talking to some people apparently that's totally totally normal yeah um so we're cruising and there's a bunch of chatter in the head in the headset and he goes you know you hear uh you hear what these people are talking about in the headset i'm like yeah i don't you know i don't know what any of that means he's like oh yeah someone just sent out an emergency signal he's like don't worry it doesn't affect us i'm like oh Ugh, like that's <laughs> well meanwhile we're, we're over the bass strait which yeah. is you know probably what 100 probably 100 miles yeah. of of uh, open straight water ocean, yeah it's like the roaring 40s i guess they call it it's like this very you know kind of wild uh kind of wacky weather area 
Couldn't have had a better day. It was like 75 no, was, degrees yeah. and it sunny. Was perfect. Yeah. So we landed. We land on the dirt runway. Oh, at, but so you fly over in yeah. between the two courses. Like there's yeah. this like kind of river that separates the lost farm property from Barnboogle Dunes. And I think they take you in on that route, like to kind of tease you. Like it was <laughs> such a cool, sick, like low view yeah. of the golf course, of the property. You get your first sight of it just carved into the dunes like that, and then you just like bank left and land on a dirt runway right next to the golf course. Like, that that part of the of the trip was a thrill. Like that was just awesome. Like it was that whole yeah to get that view of it and to, you just you travel kind of to get unique golf experiences and to take like a plane with your buddies and have it be super late and show up <laughs> and go to this remote island that, you know, was probably as far from home as any of us had ever been. Like that was, that was the highlight. We were of the in trip. Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> we said that probably, at least I've said it probably five times throughout the we day. Landed we landed and I'm like, yo, Neil, like every step we take, we're taking steps on Tasmania. <laughs> Can you believe that? But it looked like the, I mean, you get out there and it, like it, kind of looks like the caribbean it kind of looks like vietnam it kind of looks yeah yeah yeah, like scotland in certain areas (laughs) it's bizarre uh just gorgeous place so we landed and we were walking down the first fairway 32 minutes after the wheels of the plane (laughs) touched down it's like you put your clubs like in the wings they have to balance yeah like sometimes they'll move a bag from like oh this needs to go on the other side of the plane because we're we're unbalanced there's clubs in the nose of the plane (laughs) there's clubs like in the back just like in the seat next to you and you just like some somebody from the club is there to pick you up and they take you right in and just like you send you off and you go and it's like they did a good job of getting us out in front of a big group of japanese tourists yes that were yes there was quite a quite a bit they're like yeah we're gonna hustle you guys off there. <laughs> um all credit to the those guys behind us were on our tail i know they were I flying know. kind of felt bad i know <laughs> yeah don't stereotype um so yeah so apparently i didn't stereotype no no not you just people in general yeah. <laughs> you people yeah. <laughs> um apparently they get about 40 days a year in tasmania like the day we got like I was looking at the, in summer in the forecast. Like after we left, there was like a forty-seven degree like high day. I, I was kind of disappointed. Our weather was so good. It was amazing. All right. Well, to that end, so the wind was probably 10, 15 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gusting, yeah, twenty. Nothing. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, imagine playing that place with anything more. Barnboogle Dunes. That is, is the first course we played, which is the dope course. Imagine playing that in the wind. There were a couple shots where we just got boned <laughs> by like you know difficult difficult shots difficult carries difficult all kinds of different things and i can't imagine playing that place you'd go through a dozen balls playing that place in anything more than that so after we play i was of all the courses i was probably most looking forward to playing barn moogle dunes same because i was just like i'm like all right this is gonna be sick and then like by the end of it i was just like oh my god janella's right like <laughs> doke's insane <laughs> he's a sadist like you know just the greens and my other you know I, but then on the flip side like i probably knew the least about lost farm and that was i think lost farm was probably my second favorite course of the trip yeah same um, I, I feel the exact same way it was there were so many shots on barn dunes that i mean you and i played together we were talking about it throughout and it was I mean, it was like, there are so many shots that make you like never want to play golf again. Like you hit this shot and you're like, this is impossible. There's zero chance that I can pull this off. And whether that's because you left yourself in the wrong spot. And that spot, was on a good weather day. Yeah. Whether that's because you left yourself in the wrong spot, you know, sometimes that's true. Sometimes it's not. But, uh, 
but then there were also so many shots like the was it 13 the sitwell green yeah where you i could have stood on that tee and hit a thousand balls or number four that that, there's like one of the craziest short par fours i've ever played in my entire life Five was kind of like the redani ish yeah and then number 12 was that short four on the back yeah, I mean, there were so many shots. The par where fives were great. There were so, like my uh, just emotional. It was an emotional roller coaster going through there, which I guess is a compliment. Uh, but there was like number eight we played was the super long par four. That you hole hit, you hit a, sucked. You I hit a perfect drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I don't even want to talk about that at all. But that that hole, I walked off the green. And I was like, "This is this is the worst course I've ever played in my life." What? I'm number eight. Just uh, oh. that one hole isolated. You guys only. are killing me. And then they had. I play number ten, and I was like, "This is the best course I've ever played." But in, in the, the middle of that, can we talk about the sandwiches they had at the oh, turn? Oh God, so good. The cucumbers they had on oh, them—they were fantastic. Yeah. So we, me, I was playing with ZB and Dan in the group ahead of you guys, and like every time we looked back. You guys look like you were like on the Oregon Trail. Like you guys, <laughs> I'm like walking down defeated. an alternate fairway. I'm I'm looking for. First of all, they're like Neil had typhoid you, fever. You play you play everything lateral just because you don't yeah, want to uh, go Irish drop. They call it yeah because you, you'll get fucking killed by snakes if you go into the. Uh, so I'm I'm like I'm no I know that name. Snake. I'm spooked going in on like number three. I'm walking down like an alternate <laughs> fairway, and then. Like I come, like Solly's trying to get this drone shot. You, well, you had gar- you had guaranteed victory over Neil. Yeah, this day, by the way, <laughs> and you started out, you'd like tripled the first like three holes or something. Oh, obviously, yeah, I was out of my mind, and uh, and then I I end up so I'm like walking down the adjacent fairway, and I walk up to number four, but I'm looking for my ball, like over in the dunes, and. I'm like spooked about snakes. And then all of a sudden there's these two, I guess they were wallabies because we were in Tasmania. <laughs> and I, I just like, I was like, whoa! <laughs> like I just, I they was. Just popped out of the brush. Yeah, I thought my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> um, and Neil had been doing this, like there's this kangaroo sanctuary Instagram account. <laughs> and Neil had been doing this impression of Roger, like one of the, he's the like, alpha. he's like, this is my beautiful boy, Roger. And he's like, Roger used to be our alpha. And Roger just flexes. But when, yeah, when you're the alpha kangaroo, you just flex all day, every day. And they're just these yoke Testosterone laden. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, that's like flashing in my head and everything. So, um, yeah. So that's how our experience yeah, was. What about like, you? That's what I said. I, like, we were like two holes ahead of you guys at one point. And I like, was trying to get you guys on video. I was like, wave. And you guys just like, gave like the most half-assed wave. <laughs> You were searching for balls the whole time. I, in the group ahead, we had like a, a very different impression of the course. Like I thought, I actually like didn't play very well, but kind of thought it was almost too easy. Like I, I didn't feel like I was hitting it very well, and I was like, "Wow, I've, I didn't I have, have that impression." Eight foot putt for Bert. <laughs> How do I have a putt for Birdie here? Yeah, it was weird. ZB shot like sixty six. Maybe it was just kind of like. Well, we walked up, so he bogeyed the last, yeah. right, to shoot sixty six. And someone's like, "Oh, what's the? Uh, so what's the course record out here?" That I got sixty five. He's, He's like, like, "Oh, oh shit. damn it." <laughs> Um, maybe it's just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just kind of pacing next to him helped make it seem easier or whatnot. But, uh, I don't know. I thought you guys, and we'll get into lost farm. I think everyone was kind of quick to quick to say lost farm was like by far in a way better than dunes. But I think maybe that kind of came with, with, I I think I like dunes a lot more than, than most of the group did, but I thought there were so many, John, you made a fair point. You said like, it felt like some with some of the slopes, like they just weren't shaved quite enough to like affect. Yeah, the greens. To use your ball to get down to pins and stuff. Like yeah, that. like I if agree. there was a punch bowl or if there was a redan or like like on the sitwell green, like you want to play, you know, or chipping. You want to play your shot up up a slope and really use the slopes. And 
you couldn't because your your ball wouldn't come all the way down the slope. Yeah. And it was fe- and it was fescue grass, so it was kind of you know especially when it's summer down there, like they can't really they can't really shave it down because it'll just die. Yeah. Um, so I think that was kind of it has to be such a fine line for them to walk though because yeah. not only just kind of agronomically when you know trying to get it that fast and kind of teetering on the edge but also just pace of play and all right. that stuff yeah. i mean it's it's resort golf it's it is yeah it's like a, and, and, and so that kind of brings me to another point which is just something that kind of clicked with both of those courses they're they're both so um they're so about position and so about kind of your second time around would be so much easier than your first which is almost kind of backwards a little bit in that you know, it's it's kind of this bucket list resort course that you're going to play like one time. Well, so I, I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of weird that apparently we did it wrong. Apparently, people go for and like nobody plays it once. Like yeah, you always well, go and true, play more than once. Yeah. We were kind of on a tighter schedule, but in in hindsight, yeah, I would have loved. And we and we did squeeze in some extra holes at Lost Farm and stuff, and like uh, kind of do yeah. Actually, so, some of us did. Yeah, some of us did. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I thought I thought there was you know four or five like really great holes out there. The fourth and the seventh on the like seventh was like the hardest short part mm-hmm. three I've ever played. Yeah. So talk. All right. So describe that hole for someone who's never seen. It's it. like 120 yards dead into the wind, and it wasn't the strongest wind, but it was. An, I hit my 150 club. Like it's it was a Stokes new- take on postage yeah. stamp with like this crowned green, and it, it was. I think it like, played like 130, 125, 130 yeah. yards. I hit like a knockdown six iron or seven iron came up short i was in this like is with no win i was with, in like position a quote unquote no yeah win. i like i was like choked down to the metal and then made a six from the place to be quote unquote. <laughs> i hit it there's the two bunkers that are left of the green are the the worst bunkers to hit in probably in golf like they're so deep and it's just like beach sand like you can't even get yeah. your ball i could barely find my ball I, I picked up after six shots. I, I disagree that that was the worst bunker because we'll get to Metropolitan. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, like, that, was, that was my other complaint about the course was the, bunker. the bunkers. Oh, my God. It was like the Sahara Desert. Yeah. It was some were not. It's yeah, kind it of, a, I don't know. It's kind of a weird philosophical. I'm question, cool with bunkers being pen- super penal and hard and like it should be a penalty. You hit it in a bunker. It's a hazard. But. Like there was no skill involved right. in getting it out. You it just too, had to too random. It was like hitting it into a children's sandbox. Like yeah. you lost a ball. You almost lost a ball <laughs> in one of them. So because <laughs> there was so yeah. much sand. Yeah. That's Can true. we talk about how number we, seven? By the way, I thought I made it. Like I, I, I was like, that's an ace. Yeah. And I made a seven. <laughs> Um, can we talk about how we finished our round and went into the clubhouse and this Tuesday afternoon now and, and we watched Monday Night Football? Like, <laughs> how sweet. How great was like the accommodation? And, it was like, like the Raiders setup? Chiefs, yeah. I think. Or? Like it was, and I think you made the point, dude. You said like this place is like Mike Kaiser has Mike Kaiser written all over totally. it. And he was like involved in the building of this course and in in some kind of undisclosed financial capacity. But uh, it's like you know we kind of talked about when we talked about Stream Song like the vibe of like the hotel and things weren't really our tempo. Like it's just not what you need it for a golf. There's just, there's some ancillary stuff that's, and they do group business and meetings and all that. So they need that there. But like, this was just pure golf, like in the, in the vein of band. And that's what anybody who's been to band knows exactly what we're talking about in that. There's just absolutely no, there's no like excess or no, no pretension or anything. It's just purely like, what do you want? You want a cold beer and like a comfortable chair? Here you go. Boom. That's it. And and you just don't ever want anything more. It's, right. The rooms were like that, you know, and, and I think um, 
you know, Kaiser or, or someone has, has talked about that kind of at length too, where it's like, you know, what do you need? You need a comfy bed and you know, a place to get dressed. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're not going to spend go- time in your You're going to be on the golf course. A shower with decent time. water yeah, pressure. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way the great. rooms were set up, they were double, there were two beds in it, but like kind of had the, the they were offset. Yeah. yeah and like a, the shape of the room was kind of like a, I don't, I don't know how you describe it, but like you felt like yeah. two different rooms. You're in yeah. the same room. And there's villas. There's kind of these cool villas over by, over at Barnboogle Dunes. And they're probably what? A 90 second drive apart. Yeah. Dunes and Lost Farm. But like, Lost Farm's kind of the main compound, and they've got the restaurant up on the hill that's sweet. We'll get to that. But then, like, just the, the sports bar, and they've got, like... Pizza. And, but yeah. it's a simple menu. It's, like, Ridiculous one pizza, pizza cold beer, and then they, they've got, like, a, a sports like book. A sports <laughs> yeah, book you can there. bet on horses and shit. <laughs> you can bet on horses. You can bet on greyhounds. You can bet on probably anything. It was just... Yeah. That was perfect. Like, we... You know, it's well-documented now that we got our ass kicked. Of Barnboogle Dunes in the morning, and that like, you couldn't have had a better spot to just go and kind of, yeah. you know, kick your feet up, so to speak, at lunch and just just melt into a chair and have some cold beers and yeah. just relax. It was perfect. And we talked about kind of the remote destination that this place is. Like it's it's there's people there. There definitely was not dead, but their tea sheet is never going to be full. Like you're just kind of, you are kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so we went out for an afternoon tea time at Lost Farm. Like, can we play a six them? Like, what was the yeah. the dude's name in the Roscoe? Show? Roscoe. Roscoe. Shout out yeah. to, big guy. shout out to yeah. Roscoe, the, the pro. <laughs> yeah, he lives lives on site. Yeah. He's worked there since it opened. Just awesome guy. I believe he's the director of golf there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so we got us we got a caddy and uh, shout out shout out to Bill. Bill. <laughs> not the I Wild mean, Bill. Maybe not technically the best caddy I've ever had, but I don't know if I've He was had a good companion. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great companion. So quick. Well, let's we'll get into Lost Farm, but uh, go ahead. Yeah, let's. I mean, Lost Farm. It's time. Uh, well, first of all, what's the one word on Barn Boogle oh. Dunes? Mine's gonna be um, uh, conflicting. I think. I would say close. Like it's close to being really, really, really good. I think yeah. it's really good, but it's like close to being absolutely stellar. Like if you put like not if I compared like Barnboogle Dunes to Tar Eighty, both dope courses, both kind of in similar settings. Like Tar Eighty is like is Barnboogle Dunes, but everything is a little bit better. Yeah, I'd say volatile. Volatile. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lost Farm. Lost Farm might. I don't know. It might have been my favorite of the trip that we played. I mean, Royal Melbourne. The more I think about it, the more I like it, and the more it kind of dawned on me just how good it was. Um, but Lost Farm was one where you look at it and immediately are just blown away. And you would say it, it, it's a shower. It is. It is a big time shower. Um, but there's substance too. I mean, it yeah. was like every hole. Out, I mean, not every hole, but for sure the first six and then, you know, a pretty good sized handful of holes on the back nine were just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll let you guys speak to those a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I absolutely. I thought it. Zach was going to have a stroke. He almost I thought did. he was. Yeah. It was one of the many times where he declared something being the best he's ever seen in his life. I believe it was the best six-hole six stretch he's ever he's seen. He's ever start, seen in his life. Ever seen Every hole. Number one was the best hole he'd ever seen. So, until he saw number two. Until he saw number three. <laughs> comparing the two, like, Lost Farm's probably more defined by being wider. I didn't think Barnbubble Dunes was narrow by any means, but, like, it is wide at yeah. Lost Farm. Like, it is clear, like, Core Crenshaw intentionally designed, like, a 
super wide fairways, you're not going to be looking for your golf ball. Um, and there's a bunch of it's core, just, just core, just core, just core. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's the, it starts with like a par four and a half and then like a par it's like 330, 340 yard par four. And then like a 260 yard par four. Like it starts kind of with some really interesting holes. And then you play this little tiny par three and like, it, it is like a thrilling stretch. I think the combination of us playing as a six, like all together, not having really expectations for the course, like contributed to this euphoric of like when we got to 40 yeah 4t you go up this rise and you see this amazing view like dan almost made a hole in one on that hole like it was and it's like what like 110 yards maybe yeah 120 yards i I chipped in for birdie and no one saw it or believed (laughs) allegedly yeah um but like these all these modern courses that are built in these scenes they do such a great job of giving you a few walks that you really remember. Like a few, mm-hmm. you feel yourself rise after this third green and you're like, okay, this is going to be sick. What yeah. we're about to see. And that's what I thought Barmacles did a bad job of. I never, I think Zach pointed this out because I, I don't usually notice things like this, but like the walk just wasn't good. It, it wasn't routed well to walk. And I'm sure there are a million reasons why that's the case. There but were some gaps. There, there were some weird long walks that you had to take and weird, like crazy steep hills you had to climb. And uh, Lost Farm just felt, I mean, it, was it, it felt it felt more cohesive yeah. Yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I kind of I challenged Zach on that. He was, he was making the points like, why are we walking back towards this tee? I was like, I don't, to me, nothing I get gets him more fired up than walking back. To yeah, that. that's a point. But I felt like I was like, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of giving Doke more of the benefit of the doubt. But I'm like, he's probably in his mind. I'm going to use the best parts of the land yeah, for the yeah. best possible golf holes. If that means you walk a little bit longer. Like I don't think people are in a huge hurry out here. You that's know true. what I mean? So I do think you know Barnbuckle Dunes is probably the better overall piece of land just because there was more there was some more movement to it but like that little stretch because it's kind of a long like the river bisects the two and then i don't know man i that scene in forrest gump when like forrest gets to vietnam and and he's like in the shit or whatever but you see like the helicopters going over it's like the rice paddies like that's kind of what it looked like the view from lost farm like out over the owner's cattle ranch and out to the mountains in the distance, like, and the river's kind of right there. Like I almost felt, you know, felt like we were, you know, in Vietnam. I mean, it was, Viet Cong were coming it was crazy. <laughs> I think that was another, and that's like number three, four, five, six, like that little piece of the property out there. I keep, uh, I keep bouncing back and forth on my take here, I think, but that was another point that maybe Zach made was barn dunes. When you look back and think about it, it doesn't stand out, but it also comprehensively, I mean, there were not many, if any, bad holes on it. Maybe number eight, eight. notwithstanding. Uh, but, but it I mean, didn't have to be a bad hole. It didn't. and it, But it was... It had like a just this weird mound of rough right in the middle of the fairway. And then... But when you look at like Lost Farm, I, I felt like there were a couple of... The highs were way higher and the lows were lower. Well, that's that's why I say Barnbuckle Dunes had a much better yeah. piece of property because yeah, yeah. it didn't those... it didn't have to use like I feel like the the, the uh, composite course <laughs> between the two would be like you'd have to take a boat between the river, but I mean that would be lit. Yeah, I thought yeah, beginning of Lost Farm in, insane, end of Lost Farm insane mm-hmm. too. Like some of those stretches, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen there. 14 is like this drivable four going right at the ocean from an elevated tee. Like you see the ocean in the background. And like crazy. The, the short fours we played on this trip were just out of this world. I thought the par fives we played were awesome too, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, 
I thought par fives were a bit underwhelmed just in general. Oh, yeah. I felt like the par fives were, I thought the par fives at Barnwood Dunes were fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, overall, but like, <laughs> but like, but yeah, like overall on the trip, I thought the par threes were, it was, yeah. we didn't play a whole lot of long par threes. It was all, you know, six, seven, eight <laughs> irons. We didn't make a whole lot of birdies either. No, and they were tough, man. Yeah. They were ball busters. It was but, like great examples of you just don't need a par three to be super long to be tough or challenging or interesting. The, the whole trip. I mean, it was kind of like we joked about by the end of Melbourne. Like, I'm I'm sick of looking at these beautiful par threes. Like, everyone is yeah. sick. The best, I mean, for me, the highlight of the entire trip was standing on when we got to number five T. Yeah. So number, <laughs> so number five at Lost Farm is, it's probably 420. 440. Don't ask Bill. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, kind of this harsh dog leg to the right, but around uh, this giant, just just kind of a... It's like a hundred foot mound. Yeah, just yeah. but like a singular mound. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like a lot of mounding. It was just this one giant dune and the, and then, whole, the whole all wraps around it. And, and then the river. And the river to goes the right. to the right. And you're, you're standing on the tee and we're all looking at it. We're like, oh, cool. This looks it's kind of a semi-blind tee shot. Like, this is pretty cool. And we're looking over... And we're kind of scanning to the right, and all of a sudden you can see the way that they built it was they were using this intentional kind of notch, this this little vacancy that gets notched out of the dune, and you can just see a peak of the flag stick you're going for. And Zach saw that, and I like we pointed it out to him. We're like, "Oh, you can see the flag over there." And Zach, "Oh my God, <laughs> oh, yeah. this is the best yeah. hole I've ever seen he, in my life." He had a seizure at that point. <laughs> he did, and I mean, he was on he was laying on the ground in the fetal position. That was that was the hole where Bill really. Uh, Really kind of showed showed some weakness in that we had five balls kind of on the same line. Well, Bill said he'd never caddied well, so, for yeah, anybody. So we had five balls on the same line. He's like, oh, all those are out. Uh, those are all dead. You guys are going to retee. We're like, ah, we'll just drop up there. It's fine. And we got out and all five of them were in the fairway. Bill's like, we're like, Bill, what the hell, man? He's like, yeah, uh, guys, I'm going to level with you. I've never had anybody play the tips before. <laughs> like, how long have you worked here? Eight years. I'm like, oh. Yeah, he's like, yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of flying blind here a little bit, guys. <laughs> I think right, it cool. was already at this point we had agreed that we were going to wake. We had an eight o'clock flight the next morning. We agreed we were going to wake up early and come play more golf yeah. at Lost Farm. Like it was, we were having just in, way too much fun. That was when. So what was? Uh, and then number eight was the par five, right? Well, Bill said first of all, <laughs> Bill said that he told us this story about Adam Scott having played it. Yeah, and and it was it was like a three hundred and. 80 yard carry to get to the green i guess it was downhill yeah, it, was like it was like downhill downwind yeah zach like it's like a 400 and something 440 yard yeah. par four but if you cut like across the across the river i guess adam scott got it on the green yeah <laughs> it was like incomprehensible yeah, yeah you can't picture that shot. and uh so we're playing and and zach is kind of kind of floundering a little bit not not the start he was looking for he was trying to set the course he, he was like all right i let this course record get away yeah. from me of armugal dunes i think the course record was 60 65 65 or 66 again yeah and uh so yeah he was he was trying to he, he was not you know having the start he wanted and he goes bill you know we gotta we gotta get going man like what what's the next birdie hole and we're this is like when we're walking off seven green like, what's what's the next birdie hole he's oh the next one par five you could definitely make birdie. You should definitely be able to get there in three. No problem. <laughs> oh Bill, I don't know if you've caddied for a lot of tour players before either. But and I mean, <laughs> we know Zach is Mr. What, T, T197? T197, yeah. driving distance. But it, actually, he stopped using T's midway through 
Yeah. Well, this that was no round. T Tuesday. You guys yeah, it was no T Tuesday. Yeah, and he was he was pumping it. I mean, I've never seen him hit it farther than yeah. he hit it at Bar Moogle. All right, so what's the one word? For me, it's just euphoric. Thrilling. Thrilling was what I was going to say. Loved like, everything about it. Every shot was fun. It's more memorable yeah. than Barnbuckle did. It's a sensual. Yeah. Sure. Sens- sensory overload. That's 14. That, I feel like we, we had so much emphasis on those first six holes that we kind of lost. Like 14 and 15 were incredible. Yeah. Like Whoa, that. Can we talk about the fact that it was 20 holes? Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot that's about that. that. <laughs> uh, so there's two. There's like, what, 14A and... 13A. There's 13A. 13A. 18A. 18A. And uh, they're both kind of shortish part threes uh i thought 13a was fantastic so cool that was i mean it was just just great land movement and uh cool green gnarly fall offs on 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 every side i think the light helped too like it was late in the day um and then 18a i was less less enthralled with we were done we were pretty that was 38th hole of the day by then but uh yeah, it was so the story. Correct me if I'm wrong. We sat down with Richard Sattler, who's the the owner of of the resort, and he was kind of explaining it. And he was talking about you know when when Bill Core was doing the routing, he's kind of like you know here basically like it's up to you. You know we can we got 20 holes out here. You know let's let's pick the best 18. And I forget if it was Kaiser or who it was that finally convinced him. Like, dude, just just build all 20. Like, who cares? Yeah. This yeah. this place has no rules. <laughs> and uh, so they did. And yeah, it's just you can play them awesome. if you want. You can skip them if you want. You do whatever. Well, that was kind of a theme too of just Australian golf courses. I mean, half the courses we played had nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Holes, Metro, and yeah, Kingston they did a great Heath jo- just had. They did there. a great job of kind of having basically like an alternate hole. So whenever they needed to do maintenance, whenever they needed to shut a hole down, it was always okay, but, cool. The alternate holes in play. Today. But but you don't feel shortchanged. No, by the not at all. And, and all the alternate holes were awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be kind of pissed if the alternate hole wasn't well, like a part Kingston of the. Heath, they don't they don't include number ten, the short par three, which was like maybe my favorite hole in the golf course. They mm-hmm. don't include that when they play tournaments there, yeah. which seems like a huge miss. It was like so cool, uh, but I don't know. Too sure many they, good par threes. Yeah, I'm sure they know something we don't. <laughs> Let's get to uh, let's get to the massacre at Metro, should we? Well, real quick, we, I'm going to say it was awesome. We got to sit with Richard, like you said, oh, and God, have some yeah. beers in there, and just kind of you know we had a reservation for the restaurant. So it was a restaurant that overlooks like the 15th hole. So you it, should give some background on this dude, like because a yeah. lot of people, you know, you don't typically build a golf resort uh, unless you know something about golf. That is not the case, right? With uh, Richard, we did talk about it some on the on the last podcast with Michael Clayton. How because uh, oh, right. Clayton uh, yeah. was kind of built in, kind of involved in the <laughs> in the design of this course and the finding of this land. And this guy Greg Ramsey had seen this land and basically had to work to convince a lot of people that they should build a world class golf course there. And it was kind of like this was around the time that you know Bannon had just had just started and had been successful. It wasn't there weren't four courses at Bannon and in the kind of the resort that it is now, but. Uh, it wasn't really until Mike Kaiser got involved that helped bring this project together and kind of essentially say something along the lines of, don't worry about the financing. We'll make it work. People will come to this and, uh, partnered in again, in some capacity with the course, but this was Richard Sattler was a potato farmer. Didn't know dick about golf. Like he didn't know a single thing. Born and raised in on the land, basically in Tasmania. And just, you know, I asked him, I was like, could you have ever pictured like 20 years ago that this would be like a world-class golfers? He's like, no, I didn't like know what golf. I mean, didn't say that, but like had never played golf before, knew nothing about it was completely hands off in the design, which is kind of like a dream when it, for somebody like Doak and core and Bill core, like come in and are able to do kind of whatever they want. They don't have to answer to, to the owner about, you know, specifics that they want about, par 72 or this has to be like this and 
Um, and yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool to just sit and talk with him. And we had a reservation for that restaurant, and like, we, were, we were way late. And he's just like, you know, he's I, like, yeah, I, I know, somebody. I know, I know some people yeah, up there. Like, like, you're fine. I, I, like, I also think we shouldn't. I think it's unfair to just characterize him as a potato farmer and a cattle farmer, even though that's like right. what he is. But like, he's, I, I felt like he was an exceptionally sharp oh yeah he worked in what, what's hotel history too yeah like he owned a hotel in hobart yeah. down in kind of the capital of tasmania and then you know just just because i think the the for right or wrong the stereotype of tasmania within australia is kind of like that of you know maybe kentucky or like sorry Sally, like west virginia hey. <laughs> you know kind of like Appalachia. it's like the backwoods yeah. like appalachia uh, they're like, oh yeah, they have like. Three. Oh, you're going out of town. Yeah, Ooh. they have three heads down there. Yeah. You know, it was all like mining and lumber and stuff down there, and uh, you know, and and actually, like you know, the people are you know the people were fantastic that we met. Like, oh, I totally. I want to go back to Tasmania and just see the island and just spend yeah. five or six days exploring. But that's you know? what you talk to a lot of the people that either worked on the project or or whatever, and you could tell that you know they all kind of said the same thing. Like, yeah, Richard likes to. When it's convenient for him, he likes to kind of lean into the like the oh shucks, I'm a I'm a potato farmer. I don't know any better. Uh, but he's yeah, he's like this Bright like guy, shrewd, yeah. brilliant <laughs> business guy who knows exactly what he's doing. And yeah, he was. You'll awesome see him in the video. Yeah. You'll see him in the video. Um, but yeah, the restaurant too. It sits up on this this crazy like the top of this dune, and people just watch you play. Was that 15? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, and the way the sun hits it and everything, like you're looking out over the ocean and then 15 and the sunset, it, it's insane. It's just like formulaic. Like yeah. they, they, the, the, what they do with the views in these places, like, I don't know. It just looks like this is exactly how it's meant to be. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, we loved it so much. We went out and played six more holes the next morning at five thirty in the morning. Like we slept less than four hours, I think. And um, went you, out. You guys slept. Yeah, Tron, yeah. Tron slept eight. <laughs> I was low T, man. <laughs> and then Richard put us in the van, and we drove down to the airstrip, and we took off back to the Make mainland. Make the stick. Stayed overnight. Yeah. Despite quite disliking golf, <laughs> we stayed overnight, and uh, yeah, flew us back. Landed uh, back in Melbourne, ninety-five degrees, um, <laughs> windless. After back-to-back 36 whole days, and uh, we went back, napped for a little bit, I think rested a little bit, and then went to Metro for the afternoon. And uh, I think, yeah, I think you you named it the Massacre at Metro. Metro was a struggle. Um, yeah, I loved it. Let me say that up front. I thought the golf course was so cool. Um, for all the fast and firm that we wanted at Kingston Heath sure. and didn't get, we got it to the extreme. And this was, I, I take pride in having played like absolute ass at Metro <laughs> and still walking away being like, that's a great golf yeah. course. That was so fun. Um, but yeah, it, it was a combination of the heat. Number one, it was at, like for sure a hundred degrees like by the time we were playing. Sticky heat too. Sticky. Uh, the green, <laughs> the greens were so, <laughs> so basically, so, also, I have to give a shout out to the, the hospitality that we got at ben Metro. Jarvis. Yeah. Ben Jarvis was like, couldn't have been a better host, just a complete pro and making sure we felt welcome. We had everything we needed. He just an awesome. The lunch attitude. was great. Everything the was awesome. Scene in the clubhouse. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and so um, he was kind of telling us a story. So Zach has a lot of, you know, these classic kind of golden age golf courses that are down there. The people who are members at those clubs take a ton of pride in the history and obviously gravitate towards people who do the same, you know, Zach being a, a big one of them. And so Zach's got a lot of fans down at the sand belt that are following the Buck Club and following him on tour and all this stuff. And so they knew that he was coming and, and the super at Metro came out and kind of kind of was smiling a little bit. And he's like, hey, yeah, you know, we were we probably should have punched and sanded the greens about 
you know, three days ago, but we knew you were coming out, so we just left it. <laughs> and uh, not and, only they didn't just leave them; they didn't just leave them. So we got out there, and and they're like, you know, we're we're getting ready to tee off, and like, yeah, the greens are probably rolling. They're rolling about fourteen. Like you guys are gonna have a good time. And we got done, and we're like, oh my god, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. And so we get, you know, we get done with the first hole, and uh, this one of the assistant supers is out there. He's like, yeah, no, we actually just went and and uh, measured him again, and we measured two greens. One was rolling at fifteen and a half. One was rolling at sixteen and a half. So like, and normally I would have said, oh, they're you guys are full of shit. Yeah. But like, no, they definitely. Were. Yeah. You set your putter on the ground and it like slid. Yeah. Like it was, it was the closest thing to putting on like a wood tile floor. That I've ever it was seen. like a bas- It was like a hardwood basketball yeah. court. Yeah. Um, Metro. I feel like. If you're if your game's dialed in, that would be like one of the most amazingly fun totally. challenges yeah. ever. I have no idea how a 15 handicap plays that golf course. That I I I couldn't. You I, either get you either get better or you quit. I don't right? know. I, I didn't have that impression of it. The bunkers are shaved into the green. So the, the pictures that uh, you know, a lot of the you know the pictures you see of golf courses in Australia where the bunkers are just cut right into the greens. Like Metro does this to the extreme. And the bunkers are all it very looks so cool. It's it does such a cool effect. The bunkers are all very different surfaces, in, in the, and that's by design, from what I understand. But like some of them are so thin that you you can't get a wedge underneath. And so Tron had quite the first hole. <laughs> a good drive. I well, was let's like, let's be clear about a couple of things. Tron's by his own admission not the greatest bunker player. No, that's the best part of my game, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. I guess I'm confusing that with kind of your chipping. My your chipping. chipping. Yeah, yeah two okay. different things, dude. <laughs> well, so but they're not that different. You just get so steep with your chips and stubby with your chips. And you That's why I'm a good bunker player. You can't player. do that when there's no sand in the green. Well, so, so, and then Zach's like, oh, you got too much bounce on your wedge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm like, I just dump one in the, in the green. I was pin high, green side bunker on the left on the first hole. And I end up making a nine. <laughs> Four. Shout out! Shout said, out to the eight pad. And shit. I felt like I, you know, I, I didn't feel played like I played well. that. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna count every stroke on this day. But like that first yeah. bunker he's in, like you, you I cut just, it thin. You, you couldn't. You I couldn't, couldn't get. Yeah. I couldn't get the club under the wall. So you, you give that shot to like a yeah. 15, 20 handicapper. I'm like, I don't know yeah. if they ever get it on the green. But I think they get more used to it over there. And yeah. Like, look, I'm not. Really? I'm not a great player by any means. But I hit it in the same bunkers, and I think I just maybe play a different bunker style than you guys or something. But like, I didn't. I hit it in a ton of bunkers. And I didn't thin any of them. Like I, just, I played. That was really the only. Better. No, no, no. I played yeah. pretty well because I just think that we hit different kinds of shots. And I think that was the only. Grow up around there. But that was the only. I, I think you bunker on that course where I felt like was totally. Yeah. Oh, I was in some where I couldn't get a club under it. Yeah. Like but but like it, and B, I should have even if I hit the perfect shot out of that bunker. The greens were so fast and firm that oh, it wasn't going to stop. Yeah. It was going to roll into the yeah. other one. Yeah. Uh, well, like I should have just played it. I should have played it, like. 90 degrees to the right to the front of the green and out into the fairway basically so that's what i was gonna say is 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 your big your biggest complaint you know like or your biggest fear for you know 15 20 25 handicap was it you know just strictly around the greens yeah and just the bunker i mean the bunkering is the most difficult bunkering i've ever seen which is a fine i accept that that's the defense of the course because it was a relatively flat site and, and you know when you have the greens running that fast, it makes it that much more difficult. As if you're out of position, you can't stop balls. Uh, so I thought, like, I at least need to be able to get a wedge underneath some of these shots to be able to get this on the green. I, I get, 
I'm not good enough. I'm like I'm like a three handicap. I'm not good enough to avoid all of these yeah. bunkers. Like I, I was doing everything in my power, mm-hmm. but there's nowhere to hide. There's not like a safe part of the green to hit yeah. the ball. Like there's no there's no like there's not real options. It's like you got to thread with like a six iron. Well, these yeah. two bunkers, and, and you hold. had to in some cases the greens were so far and fast you had to land it on the front of the green in a narrow right. in a narrow little throat there yeah. to get it you know. To get it to stop on the green, or you know, yeah. and and so you're landing it in the narrow spot yeah. too. So we got we played with uh, in, in our group. We played with Su who plays on the LPGA tour. She's she hadn't been playing a lot of golf, and like I was really curious to like watch her play the course, and she didn't have a great day out there. And I was like, man, this this just plays it like, incredibly hard. And then like talked to ZB and Lucas who were in the group in front of us, and we're like, what'd you guys shoot? And ZB's like, I shot even. And Lucas, the member there, is like, yeah, I shot one under. You know, what like Lucas had the best hands of anybody I've ever seen in my entire life. I shot. I don't know, man. Ben Carson's got some good hands. He had, Lucas had gifted, gifted hands. hands. Yeah. yeah, it was um, it was incredible. I mean, that was that was that was that was that was kind of like all right. It was so different than anything. Else it was we played. It was, oh, like, I enjoyed and for that reason. I I thought it was so fun. Don't get yeah. me wrong, I enjoyed it, and I think we were, we were kind of like, oh, we want fast and firm, and then yeah. we got it. We we're like. Oh, that's that's a <laughs> different again, level. Yeah. Again, it was it was a hundred. Yeah, we're, we're coming we were off so like exhausted. three hours of sleep and you know thirty six walking and yeah. all that stuff. And uh, Neil, I think wore the white shirt again, so he was just getting beaten up by the flies. Yeah, that was especially bad fly day. Uh, it was yeah, it was brutal. They had the hot wind coming out of the uh, desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm, and then so the last so they're a they're they're like doing a big restoration or renovation or whatever you want to call it um but they they had their book of it in the clubhouse oh, God, it was so cool. and it was the most detailed thing yeah. i've ever seen like it was the, the, the like the, i think the 10th hole with where they're not making a ton of changes so the first, the hole, first hole where yeah. they're not making a ton of changes they had they had like six pages devoted to the first <laughs> hole and this is a massive book it's yeah. like you know probably two feet wide by a foot tall and you know big you know very well produced but like basically just charting every piece of vegetation on the course, every little the history swale. Of the too. Yeah, it was it was so comprehensive, but uh, but I was like, oh like man, like that they're doing all this stuff the first hole and they're like, actually we're barely touching the first hole. Like <laughs> here's like, you know, fourteen. We're doing stuff to this hole. But oh. I thought the closing stretch out there was sick too. I yeah. don't think Oh for sure. Like like fourteen, fifteen and then just I it had an Augusta vibe to it, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. Um, just the way that the green, like it, it felt a little bit different. Those last few holes, they weren't quite as enclosed by bunkers. Um, and there was the one, like, I don't, it was kind of polarizing within our group, but 17, it had that tree kind of yeah. in the middle of the fairway, which normally I'm like, whatever, but I, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good design feature to kind of add some strategy to the tee shot. Um, and then 18 was, was a great finishing hole. Yeah. I thought, yeah. We were ready to take a nap after that. Oh, I, you guys went out and got dinner. I went home and went to sleep. I like, <laughs> Parmas. Yeah. Yeah, we got Parmas with, with the party panther. Party panther. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed the golf course. When we voted on kind of best holes, we, we didn't have any holes from Metro make our top 18, which, again, wasn't necessarily representative of what we thought of the golf course. And I, I Yeah, that's another I, one that I don't – I mean, I, same thing. I just thought the highs were – the highs were lower and the lows were higher. It was cons- yeah, high yeah, floor. It was, yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. there were. The, I can't. Think and of any, I think it got any kind holes of, I really disliked out there. I thought they were all it really got, cool. It got screwed over a little bit just too because I think most right. of the best holes out there were like the most spectacular it's, holes. It's number four trip. was not as yeah. good as the other yeah. number four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where like sixteen was that was that short par four? The four yeah. yeah, with this, this these crazy 
fairway bunkers and and you know like you could play it 10 times and make every score from <laughs> right. two to 12 yeah. you know i drove it next to the green and made seven <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah there you go but like i thought that was an awesome hole but then 16 from say kingston was yeah you know a little bit superior to that yeah. so uh all right we ready to last day yeah and metro up. shout out to metro they're doing they're having the world cup yeah yeah I was, that's right and this year so uh that'll be, that'll, be awesome. that'll be really cool to see um see if those guys fly out of the bunkers if they have any trouble with it i'm sure they'll be all right <laughs> asshole uh saving the best for last um royal melbourne uh i think it kind of what you alluded to earlier was you know you come in with this really high expectation for it you kind of talk to the people that are like you know, it's not my favorite golf course out there. So I, my expectations actually coming into it were lower, were tempered a bit. I thought that was like, mm-hmm. you know, enough people had said th- certain things about it that, you know, after playing it, I'm like, that was pretty overly critical because this place, and I think ZB made the point of all of the best things from all the other courses like combined into one place and executed it the best of any course we played. It was a Formula One track. <laughs> I mean, it was in, in the, my, my distinct, uh, preconception of it was all right it's gonna be stuffy and like it's got yeah. the royal moniker and all that and i didn't i didn't get the no, whiff of awesome, that i thought awesome it was vibe. a great club it was you know they showed us up to like they've got a whole wing of the clubhouse that's historian and unbelievable hosts by the way yeah yeah, yeah. Matt Mal- Malika, Malika and, terry thornton i think is the last oh. name like it was like they they the, the kind of the embracing of the understanding of being a member, like a very special place and having guests come and play it. And like, it's like a responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they yeah. own that and like made sure we had the best possible time. Like it, playing with Malika was like the, the history he knew like behind every hole. He's like an encyclopedia <laughs> yeah. for every single hole. And it was funny. Somebody was like, so, you know, there's only about three courses, right? In Australia, they have like the Royal moniker. And he's like, no, there's 12. It's Royal blah, 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 blah. And, like he knows it <laughs> off the top of his head. So like do that for eighteen holes was just well, thirty six holes. And then Terry, I mean Terry is an air traffic controller. I think I talked. I think I asked him probably three hundred questions about <laughs> Malaysian Airlines flight and all that stuff. They cover twelve percent of the world as far as like Australia air traffic control. I mean, really? Yeah, twelve percent of the world. I mean, they cover Antarctica and like wow. That's the of the Earth's surface. Shout out Terry. Yeah, huge. Um, so Royal Melbourne, it's, uh, people know this from TV on like in the president's cup, they play the, what's called the composite course, which is 18 holes that are kind of all on one side of the property and again, on one, one paddock, one paddock, the main paddock. Uh, but there's two courses there, the East and the West. And they've take, I think about 12 courses from t- 12 holes from the West, six from the East. And then when you see it in competition, uh, it's different. Like the East course, kind of, you cross some roads to play holes on different parts of the property. Uh, and they are two very distinct golf courses, but we played West first. And and the composite's kind of a organic, evolving thing too. It's they it's changed around, over yeah. the years, and like depending upon the event and depending upon what the governing body wants to do right. to, with that event and what the logistics and the the staging area needs to be as well. So the kind of main takeaway was just that you know it was like a, like I said the best of a lot of places, but just on a much bigger scale. Like the fairways were yeah. wide, and like you you just felt so comfortable out there it was challenging but it what didn't feel like it didn't feel like a death march even remotely no not at all it was it was again it was it was weird it was kind of uh i mean it felt subtle but it also felt felt grand grand grand. yeah Yeah. i mean it was it's hard to the scale thing was was a big one that that zb was was good at pointing out because again you know i'm no i'm I'm a very kind of every man in the terms of 
of noticing a lot of that stuff. And it's one of those places where you look at it and you're, you're like, wow, this feels different and I can't really describe why. And you just didn't have, number one is a perfect example. I can picture it perfectly because it just looked like it went forever. And it felt like you were on this mm-hmm. massive piece of property when really, again, you're in kind of the center of suburban Melbourne. Right. Um, and it just had that kind of classic, you know, Northeastern United States kind of scale to it. And it was, it was just and the, all the awesome details were right. Yeah. So like they, they took out, I guess in the drought a few years ago, they took out all the kind of collar in the front of the greens and put in fescue so yeah. that it, like Helped you can run it up. You can greens. play it as it was intended. Really, no matter what the conditions, if it's wet or, you know, it's kind of, it's a little bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, I mean like 17, like the green side on 17 at, uh, um, on the, the uh, West course, like that was, like Malika was like, yeah, this is probably one of the best green sites in the world. And then kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, it's one. Of your yeah, this is sick because like, it's this massive. Yeah. It's like this massive slope, and it just, it just, it's like that green was meant to be on that slope. And it looks like it's meant to, for whatever this means, it looks like it's meant to host crowds and host yeah. mm-hmm. tournaments. And there's just there's places to put people where but, a lot but, of the other yeah. places, you know, kind of make the best use of their land, but their but land not, is not the same. But it's like there's places to put people, but it's not wasted space. Yeah, for it's sure. Not, like, it's not like it, like, it doesn't feel like extra space. It's it's still accretive to the whole yeah. product, you know? And I, I mean, just the holes that kind of stuck out, the, the first like six holes again were just, yeah. and just kind of, the, Malika having him help point out like notice this this ridge this kind of ridge that defines the property and watch how they designed the holes like around this ridge and not taking the ridge necessarily straight on and making all these really interesting holes come from you know just this kind of one land feature and like the the green site like on the sixth hole like I I didn't even know about that hole really I mean I knew about a lot of the first five holes and the par five par three fifth I was like a hole that I was like really looking forward to playing. And when we saw six for the first time, like Tron started dancing in the fairway. <laughs> we walked up and saw the sixth green. And uh, I don't yeah, know. Five the, was five was, five was crazy amazing. good. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, it was just the green speeds were like not Metro fast, but like the fastest we played of anywhere else but Metro. The bunkers were cut into the greens, but it wasn't as severe as it was at Metro. And like the, the, the turf was just absolutely perfect to compress balls against. And the, the greens rolled so true. It just, it was like, as good of a walk as you could possibly imagine. And we got to play all 36 and uh, I, uh, I don't know. It was awesome. Uh, and Zach was what, like 500 through four or something <laughs> like that. So that the one, the one thing to point out is kind of like, it's definitely a place that has been kind of that technology has affected greatly. I mean, the par fives are like, like I mean, driver yeah, nine. Number two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're par four and a half. Like they're just, they're not fully full length holes. And it's kind of, I, I I mean, the only, the, you know, they're going back there for the President's Cup in 19, but, like, it's going to be a match play course, like, they, right. which par never really matters. But they're not. it's not going to be hosting necessarily, like, PGA Tour. But it's also, I, I think they've also had, they've had the benefit of having a pretty decent-sized piece of land to where they've had some, can stretch it. some room to yeah. stretch it in the right spots. Uh, what's your one word for Rome Elbert? Grand. My voc- this is highlighting. My we didn't. We didn't do. We didn't do one word for Metro. Oh, that's right. Well, while I'm thinking of it, my mine for Melbourne was just classy. It was just yeah. just classy in every respect. Um, 
I would say mine would be probably, yeah, like master class. Yeah. Just the details were there. It was like dining at a, you know, unpretentious Michelin starred restaurant. <laughs> right. Uh, Which is very rare. Most of them are very pretentious, totally. you know. And then there were those guys getting just shit faced in the clubhouse, like online. <laughs> oh, so they were like a five course lunch. You know? Well, like, so so they have like the what was it? it was the wets and the drives. The wets and the drives. <laughs> yeah, if you kind of stop for lunch between rounds or after round or whatever. And there's kind of the one room where it's like, okay, you get your food and get in, get out, and it's the drives. And then the wets was just okay, cool. We're gonna have six bottles of wine for lunch we're gonna have wine courses. flights yeah, and yeah paired awesome um yeah and then just just i was the, ready to hang in there after, just the after history that, right? on the walls and everything mm. was crazy and then we played hickories in the afternoon um that was that was just so zb i, I never played hickories never seen hickories never done anything like that uh and he, like zb's excitement level and he's like all right he's back tees he used 1983 pro trage golf balls with hickory clubs and he's like i just want to break 80 pro trage 100 yeah. yeah he shot one over par with hickory clubs from the back tees on royal melbourneese like it was it was sick but it, it gave you like that was one of the more rewarding rounds of golf i've ever played I you was, were gonna leave i was exhausted like i thought i was gonna have a heat stroke <laughs> and like i mean i it just I've never gained that much of an appreciation for especially playing par fives and longish par threes for the strategy of a golf course when you really have to plot out, all right, I can only fly this thing two hundred and fifteen yards or two hundred and thirty yards and kind of plotting your way around there. It's it would be like it would be like flying across the Atlantic Ocean and trying to figure out, all right, I have I have this island over here to my right that I can bail out at if I need to <laughs> and that you know, it was kinda of like that that mentality. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I, I think I was better without all the technology. <laughs> it was, uh, decision errors and action errors. It was, yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of, it sharpened your decision errors, maybe sharpened the decision errors. And then, uh, the action errors, you can just easily blame, oh, I'm playing hitters. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I guess. Uh, Neil and I had bounced at this point. We had, we're uh, done. we were done, but we also needed more stuff for the, uh, for the travel series. So we were at at the skate park uh checking out the skate the local skate parks and coffee shops naturally Um, some good content no it was cool to kind of you guys get even giving commentary and stuff as you go along playing the hickories and kind of the things you were thinking about and the things that you changed i I hit a few shots with it and was like when you connect with one that thing goes man it it goes Mm -hmm. further than you would expect and i think zb was expecting to be hampered a lot more than he actually was by the equipment but it's the miss hits that really get you and it's just you feel like you're gonna break the club i think it helped too and i mean malika had they were nice hickories (laughs) they were like top of the line you know like that was like an original the putter was an original calamity jane bobby jones like it was it was good stuff um you know and then but yeah just like the strategy of like all right like do I want the niblick or the, <laughs> the or the jigger or the mash? You know, it was cool. Um, but yeah, and then we sat and had a beer afterwards. And uh, I thought on the East Course too, like there was, it wasn't necessarily as, um, it wasn't necessarily like as stout. But I thought some of the green sites on the on the East Course were just as good, even on that other paddock. But but like even going across the street, you felt much. The course felt much different over there, yeah. even being a couple hundred yards away from the main course. Just it was like the soil almost felt different right over there. Yeah, there was, I mean, it was 
cool to watch ZB to like point out, all right, Doke did this green, right? Like he could just like look at it and be like, yeah, this is this is a Doke. That was eye opening. Yeah, and Malcolm's like, yep, that's right. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. Take that how you will. <laughs> uh, anything we're missing? This is the, that's the end of the trip right there. I mean, acting like that was sure. That was the golf. That was the golf. Like we'll, the, you'll yeah. see all the ancillary stuff yeah, on a lot video more to too, it. but. What's I mean? What's the the lasting kind of one sentence well, takeaway for you? First of all, what was your one word description of metropolitan? Um, demanding. What's like a fancier word for exhausting? You're the vocab guy. Uh, if anything, this podcast is hi- highlighting my elementary uh, level of the English language. My word language. was bad. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would say this one I thought was good. (laughs) Mine was uh, surgical. Ah, yeah, that's that's a better word. There's a great video of you describing uh, walking off 18 and describing how surgical Metro was, where Neil (laughs) is just like passed out, laying laying down on the ground in the background. That sums up how we felt. Uh, lasting impression from the trip, the experience, golf in Australia. Was it what you expected? Better, worse? My expectations were pretty limited. I mean, I, I went in pretty pretty blank slate or kind of ignorant, I guess, is probably a better way to say it. I just hadn't I hadn't researched probably as much as I should have or could have. And uh, I must uh, think that makes it more rewarding. Yeah, too. and so that's what I was going to say is I walked away just, I, I mean, I felt like it was, I felt like we played, you know, the best courses you know the country or at least the area uh had to offer and i didn't feel like it was pretentious i didn't feel like it was all that you know exclusionary i didn't feel like it was it it just felt very it it was as much fun as you could have in pretty much every respect i mean i thought the club atmosphere was just so dialed in and and frankly like what we're missing in a lot of places over here i thought yeah i'll I'll, just to piggyback off that i think it was a reflection of golf culture, yeah. you know, where like the, the conversations that you heard in the, in the clubhouse, you know, either before or after you're around just when you're eating lunch was like, you know, like guys talking about strategy These guys and can. yeah, like they're, you know, or, or they, they play different games. Like they don't always play stroke play or even match play. Like they'll play stable for, they'll play. There's so much competition and camaraderie about it. It felt so much more like the UK. Yeah. It was like the UK with good weather. Yeah. And then, um, succinct way to say it. And then also just from the, from the perspective too, of like, like you go to these clubs after, you know, like if you get done late in the day, like there's not a bunch of dudes getting shit faced in the clubhouse. (laughs) Like it's, it's like about the golf. People go home. Yeah. People get out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like we finished up at Metro, like we were the, only ones there and it was bumping when we teed off but like you know same thing at like um royal melbourne like it was it was it was about the golf and it was a golf club not a country club or a social club so i was just kind of blown away just with the 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 proximity i know we've talked about it but just like that there's so much world-class golf in such a tight area that it's such a golf culture and like we and I was when I was back there with my dad. Like we we went from the course to a restaurant, and the guy was like, "Oh, coming straight up from the course. Where were you boys tonight?" And like knew all about it, and just kind of like that that open nature of, of the culture and everything. And I, I, we were just kind of so spoiled with, with the courses we played and the people we played with. Like the the whole experiences were just 
kind of perfect. But just knowing that these places are available to be played by anyone, I mean, yeah, it's it, you can call them up and it's pricey, but you can pay a guest fee and you can play at Royal Melbourne. You can't mm-hmm. do that at Shinnecock Hills. You can't do that at a lot of really great places in the U.S. And I've always loved that culture about the U.K. and I love that 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 too about Australia. So I mean, it was. Definitely a bucket list, once in a lifetime kind of. Hopefully, we get to go back. I, I wouldn't mind going. Shit, back. I want to go back for the for the World Cup, Cup. Yeah, and then yeah. for the Presidents Cup. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, just I think too, like I'm fairly confident we could go back to Melbourne, play an entirely new set of courses, yeah. and you know, we're probably playing a little bit more of the second tier, but like Peninsula Kingswood, like it sounds like they did some awesome stuff. Go play. The national, like there's, there's Stokes redoing Yara Yara. Yeah, several other yeah. courses that are, like we could fill out a week playing those yeah. too, and play you know play all eighteen down at St Andrews Beach and all that. Like it, there was, there was quality, and then there was some depth and quantity that we that we couldn't even scratch the surface on. Yeah, we wrap it at that. Keeping Sounds this, good to me. keeping this one nice and tight and concise. So, <laughs> so we'll we'll be back down for uh, the World Cup. When is that? December. <laughs> we'll see it's a maybe for us we'll we'll be back for the president's cup let's be serious yeah so all right thanks uh anyone that lasted all uh almost hour and 40 minutes of this but uh keep your eyes peeled we have a lot more stuff coming from this trip and they're going to try to bring it to you uh visually through our our way of telling a story uh i'm pretty excited about it not gonna lie excited about it so thanks for tuning in and uh we'll be back soon crack on Be the right club. Be the right club today. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.